Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back in the new year of 2023 to talk about the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, plenty of things to cover on the show. We, we saw the Ducks beat the uh, Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars, and they also had a couple uh, questionable losses, too. So we'll get to all that action. We'll talk about the goalie situation again, uh, a little bit more trade talk as well, and some league news in addition to that. So plenty of stuff to get to. But before we do that, I hope uh, everybody had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, we'll kind of get caught up on what, what's been going on uh, in the last uh, week or so, Eddie. Uh, you know, did you have a good Christmas and a good New Year's? Yeah, it was pretty good. Christmas was fine. I'm not a big Christmas person, so just kind of like, whatever. I got to see family. and The best thing about it was my brother on Christmas Eve, uh, he just texted me randomly like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm coming down. I'm like, all right, cool. So I got to hang out with my big brother. And I'm real close to him, so we got to just throw back a couple 12-packs. <laughs> and it, it was fun. So that was cool. Uh, New Year's Eve, um, I wasn't planning to do anything, and family hit me up. They were down the street for me, uh, like literally like, I want to say 15 miles away or less. I went to go hang out with them, and my best friend shows up. So it kind of worked out perfectly, and had my birthday just passed, too. Um, I got my official start date for my new job, so that's the thing I'm most excited about. So, yeah, it's, I, I can't complain. It was good to ring in the new year. Um, been hitting the gym a lot since November, so I think I hit the gym. It was uh, 18 times in December, which is not my record, but yeah, I'm just real motivated for the for the new year, the whole new job, my continued training success, uh, and the family and friends, you and my life, Mike. I just I'm grateful and I'm thankful. So uh, happy New Year, everybody, and, and hope you guys had a merry Christmas too. Yeah, man, and happy birthday, and and you got the new job and everything. So 2023 is looking up, uh, fantastic, man. Uh, for me on Christmas, just hung out with family, had them over <clears throat> kind of just the usual, nothing, nothing too crazy, but, uh, New Year's was a lot different for me this year, uh, and kind of talk about, um, you know, the winter classic here for a little bit. I hadn't been to one other than the, uh, you know, the Ducks Kings game, you know, back in LA, which I mean, it's not a winter classic and obviously there's no snow and it's not very cold, but uh, for that New Year's weekend, uh, I ended up, you know, going to Boston, kind of plan this out because it was my other team that I like, you know, Pittsburgh, and and yes, they lost uh, to Boston in this game, uh, two to one, but it was very fun. Uh, I had some things on my bucket list. I had never been to Boston, never been to Fenway Park, uh, never been to Winter Classic, so I kind of knocked off a hat trick of uh, bucket list items there. But uh, I, I loved it. I mean, Boston was a great city. Everybody was nice and friendly. Um, we, we took a tour of the Harbor there. Uh, we went to the cheers bar, which was cool. And just did a few things like that leading up to the game. And then all day on the second there, uh, we went to the game, which was a blast. Um, mainly I would say Bruins fans, maybe like 60, 40 or, you know, maybe six, 66, 33, whatever, you know, kind of two, two to one, uh, mix of fans there though, but it was good. Um, the game was fun. Uh, a lot of, you know, just a good time. It started out kind of slow, you know, no scoring the first period, but uh, Penguins scored first in the second, and then uh, Boston answered with a couple goals in the third. Penguins scored at the very, very end, but a time had expired, which I, I wish that would have happened because I wanted more hockey, but I really enjoyed it, and, and I highly recommend it. 
if anybody ever wants to go. Uh, it was only 50 degrees, so it was not terrible, you know, being a Californian. So I highly recommend it uh, if you ever get a chance to go. Uh, and just wherever, I mean, you know, if you want to check it out and see, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. You know, I, I just really hope that the Ducks will have one in the future, Eddie. I know we've talked about it before. I'd like to see one at Angel Stadium, even though I know it's not really a winter classic. But I, I'm all for, you know, another outdoor game out here in California. Oh, hell yeah, definitely. And the winter classic is on my bucket list to do. So I definitely want to do that. Hopefully next year I'll be able to do that. Um, I think the, I've been to one uh, one stadium. So I went to the stadium series outdoor game against the Avalanche and the uh, the Red Wings, and that was a fun experience. It was just it was a blast from start to finish. When I flew back over there and flew back, I, I couldn't. It did sucks that the, that the Avs lost both games, the alumni game and then the, the regular game. But it was just a fun experience. It was great to watch. It's something that you have to experience as a fan. If you're a fan, you haven't done it. I don't care if you don't like certain teams. If if you can. Just do it. It's you'll love it as a hockey fan. So, Mike, I, I'm glad that you got to experience that. You and your wife looked like you had a great time, and I'm glad you guys did. Uh, hopefully, I can uh, I can get that checkbox to hit the Winter Classic uh, next year or a year before, after that, or maybe if the Ducks start shooting up and being good and and get that to elite status and start pissing off East Coast teams, they can get a Winter Classic. So, just want the Ducks to piss off some more East Coast teams in uh, Boston. Pittsburgh seem to be uh, uh, or in Chicago seem to be favorites of getting all those those Winter Classic outdoor games. So hopefully the Ducks can really piss off and create a rivalry, and and Ducks can get like a Winter Classic sometime. Yeah, that was one thing I was looking up too. They announced at the game that I, I I believe it was Boston's like fifth outdoor game, and I was just like, oh my gosh, man! Like really, these teams. You know, I mean, I was happy to go because I, I like the Penguins too. And, you know, I don't get to see them much, you know, other than when they come to Anaheim and play the Ducks. So, I, you know, I like to see that. I got to see Ricard Raquel, you know, Hampus Lindholm on Boston, right? You know, had a couple former Ducks out there, uh, you know, that, you know, able to watch. And that was fun. But, yeah, a lot of these teams, Chicago, Pittsburgh, uh, Boston, you know, the, the, these teams get these games over and over again. You know, even the Kings have had a handful. And, I, I think when I was looking at it, it was only like 13 or 14 teams in the league have been part of the Winter Classic, you know, and I know we've had these stadium series games like the one you went to, Eddie, and, and obviously, you know, the Ducks-Kings way back when, but uh, I, I wish that they would at least expand it a little bit more, even if it's like, hey, the Ducks have to go to Boston to play, you know what I mean, or or the, or the Kings or whoever. <laughs> you know what, I have a, I have a, a good idea, and I think I, someone talked about it before. What about a neutral location? You can bring two a Ducks and Kings game and just give them a, a, just a neutral location, Lake Arrowhead or, or somewhere that's colder in California. Uh, I don't know, Big Bear if it's big enough over there. It has a, a rink or a built or something. It just you can have a neutral location. Uh, look what they did with the Avalanche. Or, yeah, the Avalanche and the Red Wings played in Lake Tahoe, I believe it was, or Lake Arrowhead, like some lake over there. They played in that outdoor game and. I think it was a good success over there. I mean, yeah, the ice was kind of bad, but they could kind of make something work in a neutral location and just try it. Like the NHL wants to expand, they want new fans, and they want to do something. Well, put hockey somewhere that doesn't have traditional hockey, doesn't have a pro team, and see what what happens. You gain new fans. Hey, you take a loss. Oh well. If not, like you get a gain, you gain new fans. But trying to do something different, bring some new teams into it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, fans are just tired of seeing the same teams over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what they're partially uh, planning next season, right? you got Seattle and Vegas 
in the Winter Classic. Vegas has already been in one, obviously, and now Seattle is. So at least you have one new team, an expansion team. But I'm with you. I, I, I'd like to see, like, two completely new teams. And uh, if they have to go to a neutral location, that's fine, too. You know, like, just mix it up. I mean... I, I was fortunate, I mean, you know, because I like the Penguins. I'd never been to Fenway, so I wanted to check it out. It was all great uh, experience. The only thing I will say, too, for people that have never been to an outdoor game or a Winter Classic-type game is that if you're going to buy tickets, don't buy tickets in the infield. Uh, you're not going to see a whole lot because you're going to be sitting down by the dugout or first or third base. The rink's a little bit away from you, and you're not going to see a lot of action. It's not like buying the, the bottom bowl seats and, you know, you're seeing players crash up against the glass and everything so like for us we bought seats high up in right field or i'm sorry third base excuse me and we were able to see the rink like dead on almost at center ice so it worked out great to see that could see all the action and everything so that's just one tidbit i would you know suggest to anybody is if you go to those games try to buy the seats that are higher up because you get a better view of the whole rink eddie Oh, yeah, definitely. I had, like, perfect seats. We had these seats that weren't, like, next to anyone. And I went with uh, two of my Army buddies that became, like, my good friends. And then she invited some two other. We had a, a really good group of people I knew from Colorado. But our seats were – it's hard to explain. We had, like, our own little pillar by ourselves and that whole area. And we got to see, like, perfectly. Yeah, you were up there. And then the best thing about it is right behind us were two restrooms and a full bar. Like, we just had to just turn around, and it's right there. I, I forgot what it's called. It, it was at Coors Field, but it was great. I had a good time. It, it was just, like, the best experience I could ever have. The staff at Coors Field were awesome. Those people were, were cool. Talking to a lot of them, talking to security. They're, they're giving me history about about the Rockies. They had a few of the baseball players there, too. Uh, they were um, a few of the players. They were at some bar, former players, and they were talking to me. I was talking to them. I had no idea who the hell they were, and then, the bartender mentions too, like, hey, well, you know, they play for the Rockies. I'm like, the Rock, oh, the baseball team. I had no idea who the hell they were. I was probably inebriated, but still, I still, I don't really follow baseball or other sports like that. But yeah, it was, it was probably one of the best experiences I had in my life going to a hockey game and definitely suggest it. And I definitely wanted that, that winter classic. And yeah, in Vegas and Seattle, who knows? If I get the time off work now, a new job, so I gotta, I gotta see come next year. But yeah, that'd be something I would want to do. Fly up to Seattle, go over there. I have a, a friend that's stationed over there, so I have uh, I have good company over there. So so why not get that experience? Yeah, I, I highly recommend recommend it to anybody, and and even just going to Boston in general. All the people there were super nice. Uh, same thing like you talked about. The staff at the game was nice. Even the fans, you know, like I was kind of worried. I'm like, if I'm wearing penguin stuff, you know, I'm gonna get my butt kicked. But no, they they were cool. You know, everybody was was great. Food was awesome. Um, to check out there, we had uh, Italian sausage, which was really good. Went to different bars and restaurants and just tried different things, you know, hamburgers and pizza, clam chowder, you know, um, love the accent. You know, we had some beer, so it was a good time uh, overall, Eddie. I, I highly recommend it. Hey, did you get over at a car? A car over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just funny, the accents. Um, but yeah, no, just, it's just a, just a great time. Uh, so highly recommend it, so... Okay, question, Mike. How much were the beers over there? Uh, at the game, I'm trying to remember. I, I think, man, I know I was thinking about this because I was laughing thinking about you and I when, when my wife and I got them. I want to say it was it was close to the same price. I want to say it was, if if not, maybe a dollar or two. Less. I mean, it was very it was very close. So it wasn't much of a difference, sadly. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. That's the most important question. So what kind of beer do you drink over there? Do they have like different like beer over there? Or? You know, I've, I, I've never been, so. Uh, a lot of Sam Adams, go figure. So, oh, hell so. yeah. Did, did they have a, you know what, Sam Adams, my favorite beer is called the Cold Snap. Cold Snap is my favorite beer ever. That, that's like top favorite beer. I love their cherry wheat. I, that was the last beer I drank before I went to the army. A great beer too. So I, I'm a big Sam Adams fan. Yeah, they had a lot of that. They had Trulies at the game too, which was funny. Uh, but all the bars and restaurants, they had all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I I was even doing some Irish coffees in there too because it was a little little chilly out on the harbor. So you know I had to warm up a little bit. You know a little little Bailey's in there. So um, it was good. It was fun. Fun time. I, I highly recommend. It. I, I like to go back just to check stuff out because we just kind of did sightseeing for the two days we were there. R- real brief. But uh, yeah, you, I think you saw like like an Eddie Hotel too over there, or apartment <coughs> building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were on the Harbor Cruise. And I I sent you this photo of, I, I guess apparently a lot of the harbor there is like man-made land. I didn't know this, but that's what our our uh, cruise uh, ship director guy was telling us, and um, he didn't know what it was about, but came up to this building and it, and it had your name on it with a big banner. So I took a photo and sent it to you. I'm like, hey, bro, <laughs> like, either they're big fans of you out here or do you own a building? I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm glad you had a good time and it, it sounds like a good experience. It's firing me up to try to try to make next year's game. To, just to experience a winter classic, that would be cool. Hopefully in the near future, or the soon future, or some kind of future, the Ducks will, will get something like that and the league will start expanding. Or you just have two different teams that never even tried it. It doesn't have to be a traditional. You just have something different. Like, this league needs to start expanding. They said they need to start bringing new fans. They need to start making this game more accessible to the to, to fans too. So that, that kind of frustrates me too about how this game's not that accessible. You have to like jump through hoops to find a game. I uh like I ended up bar hopping last like week and a half being a degenerate drinking my ass off, and uh, all the bars I go to the games are on. I'm trying to find the game. It's like they don't. It's not really air. It's like okay, there's no other really sports on. I, I want to watch hockey and stuff. So I don't know. I'm not gonna go on the rant of that. I know I rant every uh, podcast about that. So I'll just end it at that. But. Yeah, well, hopefully next year I'll be there and it'll be fun. Yeah, if for anybody that hasn't gone, I highly recommend it. So check it out. Even Boston. Boston was a great city. A lot of, a lot of fun. Fun time. Um, yeah, so uh, with that, just remind you guys that this is the Old City Sports Network podcast. Um, and we've got a bunch of sponsors on there. Uh, I'll get to some of them on here. If I don't, they're in the comments section. But uh, one of them we talked about was Righteous Felon. Uh, promo code OCSN for 15% off. If you want to try some beef jerky, so check it out. Um, now, with that, let's uh, you know get into the ducks. Uh, we actually um, had some good wins in this last uh, week or so, and then some bad losses. So, some games to cover real quick. We did see John Gibson come back, and he's played in every game. Which Eddie and I will talk a little bit about that when we talk about the team segment. But um, let's let's talk about the first game they came back um, with Gibson. Uh, after the the new year and whatnot, they they um, or excuse me, leading up to it, they uh, they play the Vegas Knights and uh, Gibson was in net. The Ducks actually uh, took a lead, uh, a couple goals by Henrique. They also got Bakanainen back, who was uh, sick. And the ju- Ducks jumped out to a two nothing lead. They ended up giving it up and and had to go to shootout and pulled out a win. But I, I was surprised by this game, Eddie. I, I really wasn't sure what to expect with Gibson back in net. 
And then, uh, you know, the Ducks have just had a hard time playing uh, Vegas uh, traditionally. But the Ducks were able to pull this one out and, and win um, despite giving up, you know, 51 shots on net. Oh, I know. You know what? I actually picked up Gibson on a, a different fantasy hockey league. I just had a feeling he was just going to take a lot of shots and, and hopefully uh, get a win. I was hoping just like a 1-0 win or 0-1 loss for the Ducks just to get the, my, my fantasy points. But Ducks played well. Um, it's good they beat the Knights too closer to to New Year's Eve. I know it's kind of special to you, Mike, when you went to that game a few years ago. So I was glad the Ducks uh, finally got a win on that one. Um, and I'm kind of mad about Ducks still getting wins because I want them just to kind of tank and, and get that first overall pick for the first time in uh, franchise history. Yeah, I know. It seems like people are split on that, you know, and the, and the Ducks actually pull out a win against a team you thought that they were going to lose, but they pulled it out. I, I did like the shootout goals by Zegers and Terry. <laughs> it just seems like Zegers is automatic with the, the way he's so shifty. The same thing, the same thing he does, and goalies know it. And he's, still, he's just so fast, like... Like holy hell! Yeah, he just he just and then he says he's like I don't really pick a spot. I just go back and forth, back and forth, and then he just pulls the trigger. And <laughs> I mean, it almost always works. So hey, go with what works. So um, yeah, I mean, if if you're you're happy the way that you don't want the Ducks to play better and win games, then this was a game for for you, uh, other than giving up all the shots. But in, in, in terms of uh, trying to you know tank for Bernard, then <laughs> this wasn't the game for you. So, but it was followed up by two games. That if you were for Bernard, you were happy. So so right before New Year's, the Ducks played the Predators. Our early game, a 2 o'clock game, again, Gibson and Nett. Uh, Ducks got down early in this one, one nothing. They actually tied it uh, up and made it 1-1. to But then it was all pretty much all Nashville after that. They got a couple goals in the second period to make it 3-1. to And then they really pulled away uh, in the third period with three more goals. Uh, kind of later on. I mean, it was 3-1 to early in the third. So it wasn't, it wasn't a complete blowout right away. But then it ended up being a blowout. Um, Ducks had a lot of problems clearing pucks out of the net uh, in this game. Uh, a couple chances where they had the, you know chances to clear out the puck, and then they just didn't do it. So um, this one was a rough one, Eddie, especially the way you know ending the calendar year. <laughs> oh yeah, it was that was tough. Like, it's like I don't know what the Ducks like were, were pre gaming early for the New Year's Eve, but to, to drop a game like that. You know what's funny too, because Gibson was named the third star of the game too after giving up six goals. So it's like, I guess they they knew he played his ass off, and the team just didn't show up. And I can't stand that. Like, I don't know. It's I get upset when the Ducks lose, but then I want them to lose. I'm kind of a in a mixed feeling, so I want them to be that first overall pick. But a team like like the Predators and their fans after that playoff thing, uh, this is one of the teams I want them to beat. It just sucked that they got blown out and, and they couldn't beat this team to end the new year. Yeah, and the thing I didn't like either when I was watching, I didn't like that last goal by Nita Ryer, uh, you know, with like 13 seconds left. Like, they were already up 5-1. to one. It's like, you guys really going to pressure and go score another goal? I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of that. I don't, I don't like when when a team is blowing out another team and then like in the final minute they're like legit trying to go down there and score it's like why don't you just hold the puck behind your net run out the clock or skate around play keep away whatever i i don't know it that just rubbed me wrong at the end i i, I just didn't like that eddie yeah see i have mixed feelings about that because i i feel that that's more condescending uh, especially like I, I like like when i played competitive when i played beer league and stuff like that when, when, when I'm getting blown out, I see teams just kind of like holding the puck and playing that. That pisses me off. It makes me want to take runs at people. It makes me want to hurt someone. Just, you know what, if you're going to beat us, especially in like like beer league, rec league, 
there's like a 10 goal mercy rule and if te- I see teams just kind of holding the puck putting it behind their net making like, excessive passes and not just ending the game it just infuriates me it just kind of insults you know me as an athlete and it just like I said it's condescending or something like that so I just go and I'll, I'll, I'll take runs and stuff like that so I had no problem with them just just doing that six to one seven to one eight to one nine to one if you want to do that <laughs> you know just just go ahead and just 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 play the game how it's supposed to play um, the exception w- what that is uh, I remember when the ducks a long time ago were beating the shit out of uh, Vancouver and Sonny scored that goal it was like eight to one nine to one or something nine zero and Sonny didn't score so I can respect players for doing that they score a goal having that much of a lead and they don't celebrate that just shows the class of them. I think one of the Ducks pro, uh, prospects did that too in one of the games when USA. No, I'm sorry. Um, I, I want to say it was Canada was beating the crap out of a team, like eight to something, and he scored a goal. He didn't celebrate. He didn't go high five of the bench. He just skated back to the bench, and that was it. That's a real classy move, and that's what you're supposed to do. Just be humble about it and have some class. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, definitely, um, you know, if you're gonna get that goal, and then uh, you know, just kind of be like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? But but yeah, so they they didn't end the the calendar year well, and then they didn't start the twenty twenty three year well. They played the Flyers, uh, Gibson again in net. They went with our favorite eleven uh, seven lineup, or some some people are calling it the seven eleven lineup now. So I laugh at that. But the Flyers got a couple early goals in this. The Ducks just uh, they didn't play this game horribly, but they just weren't in it, um, and they just they just couldn't. A rebound. I mean, Gibson, there was a, the second goal in the game he gave up was kind of rough. He, he probably would have wanted to have that one back. The Ducks had some some post shots in this one. You know, I, I thought, you know, I don't know. Uh, looking at it, it didn't l- overall look terrible. Uh, it, it, you know, obviously the final score is 4-1, to one, but um, they had some chances to get some goals in this game. They couldn't get it done, but... I don't know. To me, it's like you're playing the Flyers, though. It's like you you beat the Knights three to two in a you know in a shootout, but then you lose four to one to the Flyers, who the Flyers have had a rough year. I mean, I know they've won a, you know a couple more games recently, but uh, I don't know. I, I was a little disappointed in this game. I you know especially after the Predator game, I I thought they played a little bit better, but I just didn't I didn't think they would lose four to one. But I also don't like that seven eleven lineup either, Eddie. Oh yeah, you know who, whoever <laughs> says seven eleven, that's funny as hell. I really want the Ducks to start this uh, with the win. It's on my birthday. I want to see that. Um, but, of course, they didn't, and they get that loss. I was supposed to beat this game, covering this game, uh, with our whole media credentials and stuff like that. But apparently the Ducks, just they don't like to expand. They don't like to let other people kind of promote them. I don't know what's up with that. They just have some issues. They need some... Uh, Need some different blood in their organization if they want to expand uh, to different fan bases and stuff like that. But you know what? That's all I'll say about that. But uh, we'll move on to the next game because the Flyers things pissed me off too, Mike. Like, like I resent things from the past too. I still remember this game from like three or four years ago when I had to cover it at ten. Oh yeah, on a Saturday. And I was sick as hell. Like I had the flu or something, and I just I still got it to cover because I told you like when I said say I'm gonna do something, I do it. And they got blown out. I was so pissed off. So I resent the Flyers just for that reason. <laughs> yeah, if Jesse's listening. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> uh, Jesse's the one that, that runs Old City Sports Network. If you don't. I still love you, Jesse, but, but you know, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're a great guy. But, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, the Ducks got off to a bad uh, foot there. And then then they, uh, you know, keep continuing this homestand. Then they had Dallas. So you think, oh, man, Dallas is going to come in. Dallas is red hot. You know, one of the best teams in the league right now. 
and <laughs> the Ducks Ducks end up beating Dallas and shooting them out to uh, uh, shutting them out two nothing. I'm like, what the hell happened in this game? Like, where did this come from? But this one was kind of a surprise though because they split up Terry and Zegers, which I wasn't happy about. And yes, the Ducks got a couple goals in the beginning of one, but this game wasn't like they dominated. It was like they played really well in the first period. Then they just kind of sat on the lead, which almost always cost them. But they rode Gibson in this one, and they, you know, he had the 35 save shutout, and the Ducks were able to, you know, buckle down. The um, Dallas had four power plays. They kept them off the board. The Ducks scored on their one power play, and uh, it's a shocker, Eddie, but they were able to pull this one out and win two nothing. Yeah, the first game the Stars shut out the Ducks 5-0. Second game the Ducks shut out or the Ducks shoot out the or shut out the Stars 2-0. But I think uh, you're overlooking one thing about uh, Trevor Zegers. I think no one really cares about the this 2-0 win, but that Bobby Ryan movie stole. Man, we should have reached out to Bobby Ryan and try to get him on the show, just, <laughs> or just try to get like just have him send us a recording of of what he thought about that play because that was the funniest thing. He got a penalty for that too. It was just the funniest thing, him stealing someone else's stick. It, oh, man, that was probably the highlight of the game. And no one's going to remember the Ducks winning and shutting out the Dallas Stars 2-0. They're going to remember Trevor Zeger stealing someone's stick. Yeah, that was funny. And I immediately thought of the Bobby Ryan play when with Koibu's stick and all that. And, and it cracked me up because uh, I saw some people, too, they were wondering, like, well... How come Zegers's goal, or well, not, he didn't get a goal in this one, sorry, but he uh, stole a stick. But wh- like, why? Why was there a penalty in that play? And then when Bobby Ryan scored on and got his goal, you know why that counted? Well, the thing is, there was no rule for this a, a, a while back. You know, they added it a few years ago. So now you can't grab an opponent's stick and go skate around and try and score with it. So kind of a kind of a weird thing because when I saw it happen. I didn't even really realize, to be honest, that, that a rule had been made. I didn't know. I mean, there's so many damn rules in the league. and I mean, I, I try to do my best. I don't, I don't know all of them 100%. If I said I did, I'd be a liar, and I don't. But I, I know a lot of them, but I was just surprised. And I saw them call a penalty. I'm like, what are they calling a penalty for? Like, And then they said that, and then they went into the whole thing about how they added that rule you know, a couple seasons after the Bobby Ryan um, goal, but yeah, it reminded me of that. It cracked me up, and that's why I put that post on Twitter that you know Bobby Ryan would approve of of Zegers's tactics there. I mean, it, that was funny. That that did take me back several years, Eddie. Oh yeah, and then I, I saw other people or someone. I, I, I'm not gonna name the name, but someone affiliated with some certain organization post it too after you post it, which they usually do. But yeah, that was funny as hell. That's a stupid rule, like. I mean, I, I guess Zegers was different because he actually just ripped it out of his hand. Bobby Ryan's, he just picked up a stick thinking it was his, but it wasn't. But uh, it would have been funny if Bobby Ryan, or uh, Zegers would have scored, which wouldn't have counted because it was a penalty. But, yeah, there's going to be new penalties as soon. Like, if these players are going to freaking fart one day. It's going to be a penalty, like the way this league is going. <laughs> oh, man. No, yeah. it's just so, like, you know, I'll say it. It's pussified. Like, the, the whole league, it's just... It's just trending downward. It's so sad to see like stupid penalties like that. It's it's part of the game, and yeah, I I, I get it. Zegers' thing was excessive. Him actually yanking the stick out of someone's hand, but now it's a, a penalty if you pick up a stick that's not yours. It's it's so stupid. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Not a new rule. So, hey, you know what? I told you, dude. I have like two. I have two or three more years left of being a hockey fan, and I'm gonna be following Batman. <laughs> oh man, look out! All right, uh, we'll, now we'll kind of get into what's going on with the Ducks lately. We'll talk about some stuff going on. Uh, like I said, don't forget we're part of the Old City Sports Network. 
another sponsor is Norse Beards. Um, check them out for all your grooming needs. Uh, OCS for 25% off all their beard care products. So check them out, norsebeards.com. All right, so talking about the Ducks and what's been going on lately. We talked about kind of this goalie controversy last uh, show, which was kind of blown up by a lot of people and, and you know, talking about it. And now it's kind of like disappeared because you had Dostal and Erickson Eck both get bit, uh, sent back to San Diego. And then you had uh, Gibson, obviously, and then Stolarz, of course, both return. But now the question becomes, are the Ducks playing Gibson too much? And, and that's kind of my issue here is they brought him back. Um, yes, he played great in the game against the Knights. The Ducks got the win. Then you, then you see him play in the Predators game and, and the Flyer game, losing those games badly. And then, uh, you know, obviously he plays a great game against Dallas. But, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I just don't like seeing him playing every game in and out. I mean, I think Stolar should be out there. To me, um, maybe a 60-40 split. It doesn't necessarily have to be 50-50. Uh, that would be okay too. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, unless they brought... Uh, Stolar's back and he's not really 100%, which that wouldn't make sense though. They, they don't usually do that. So that that's just my issue with what's been going on there, Eddie. Is uh, I mean, I'm glad Gibson's back, but I, I think you should play Stolar's a little bit uh, more in the mix. Oh, definitely. And Stolar's um, <laughs> showcase him more. Put him some more games because trade deadline's going to come up. And you you have you have to make a trade. There's no way you're not going to trade Stolarz. Are you really going to keep him? He's not going to resign with the Ducks. Does he really want to resign to be a, a glorified backup? And he's not getting games at all. Let his value go up. Put him in some games. Uh, put some better defense in front of him, or just have the, the the boy. You know what? Play freaking eight defenders. I guess that two two could stand right right behind him or something or in front of him. But get him some more games to just kind of showcase him to other teams. So come trade deadline, he has some value to him. You can at least get something. I don't see Stolarz like wanting to return to the Ducks and, and kind of be that. Like he's probably like a a one. Uh, do you have that one B or one A one B? He's a one C goalie. He's not playing enough games at all. It, it was cool though that, that Dolar uh, Dolars <laughs> Dosto made a. Um, <laughs> he he made a big statement. His first game back at the AHL, he had a shutout for San Diego, so that was good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, helping the goals are yeah, and the goals ended their losing streak. They you know they had those bazillion games in a row, and now they've actually won a couple games. So thank God. But yeah, um, I'm with you too. You know, and we'll talk a little bit about some trade stuff a, a little bit later in the show uh, as we have we got we got a lot of fan questions too from you guys about the goalies as well. So we'll dive into that. Another thing that's been going on is the special teams play with the Ducks. It's been kind of interesting. The power play uh, was not good against Vegas, Nashville, and Philly. They went 0 for 11. They then got the one goal against Dallas on there. So the power play has been kind of, you know, it's, it's it's done better, obviously, than it did in the beginning season, but it's kind of gone down a little bit. There were some games in here where the second power play unit was played. Uh, first, I didn't like that. I know when uh, Silverberg scored uh, against the Flames on that on that power play on the, on the you know second unit, the Dallas got them out there more. But I don't agree with that. I, I think you got to keep that that first line uh, unit out there uh, on the power play. So you know we have to monitor that and see how it goes. I do like what's going on with Zegers finding McTavish at the side of the net on the power play, and you still have Henrique and Terry uh, in the middle there trying to jam pucks in and and whatnot. So I like what I'm seeing there. Uh, the penalty kill has gotten better. Uh, they've been stopping a lot more of the opponent's power plays, which has been good because the penalty kill was atrocious in the beginning. Um, it's it's still not great, but it's now in the you know 71 percent 
efficiency where it was like in the low 60s most of the season. So special teams, I like what I'm seeing. I, I just I think that first power play unit needs to be out there more, Eddie, when we've got the man advantage. Yeah, it's just special teams still. It's just, yes, it's an improvement, but it, it's still atrocious, like you said. It's 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 still terrible. But you know what? What are we gonna do? We have to set up for the future. Just like what's that Batman quote from that movie? Like the dark is always dawn before the dawn, or something. whatever quote. I'm like saying it backwards, <laughs> but it's just like I I still have faith in the future, and and, and my, my whole reasoning for the Ducks just to to drop all these games and not like I guess not tank tank, but just not play to their best so they can get uh, uh, potentially get that first overall pick. It's a whole lot, a whole lottery draft. And, and not saying Bedard's going to come in if we do get him. It's going to change the whole dynamic, and the Ducks are just going to do a 180 and be an elite team. It's not going to be like that. It's still going to take a process, a rebuilding process, but I just still want the plan of it. Um, special teams will be an improvement. I, I still want some kind of, uh, of, of improvement in that, but, but then again... Why improve it right now? If I, I I don't think this coaching staff comes back next season. To be honest, I, I think it, it it's done after this. It's gonna kind of a a, a rebuild the coaching staff too and start from scratch. Um, how our GM wants to to run that now. If our coaching staff comes back next season, it's a big surprise to me. Maybe he wants to tank more. There's a player at the following draft I don't know about. It's gonna be a generational talent that they want to try to get. But as right now, I just just kind of ride with it. I guess. Yeah, that was one question we had, too, from Brian Palumbo. He said, you know, can we get a new head coach? And obviously a lot of you have asked that. And, I, and I'm with you, too. I think, you know, it's going to be something that's going to happen, you know, come uh, the end of the season. That's what that's what it sounds like uh, as of now. I mean, I just, you know, yeah, the Ducks still have bad losses and stuff like that. But, I mean, I'd be surprised if there aren't some changes with not just him but other coaching staff as well. But, yeah, right now I don't see that happening. I see the Ducks keep on going the way that they're doing. And then, you know, we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Um, that was another question, too. We had Yo, hey, it's Chris asked, you know, uh, what Eakins is doing well um, when he hasn't changed things up. And, I mean, it's tough. I, I mean, I think, you know, he did split Terry and Zegers in the last game against Dallas. And it didn't work overall. I mean, they won the game, but the offense wasn't there necessarily. I, I mean, it's just, just keep those guys together, I would think. Or... The other thing is, if you're going to split Terry and Zegers, then split Strom and Vetrano. Like, they, they, they don't have those two in line. Like, split those up, throw in uh, Henrique in there and McTavish, and, and, and mix it up that way if you're going to do it. Um, and, and, and like we said in the goalie situation, play Gibson less. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I just don't see a lot going well other than when he's kept Terry and Zegers together and then when he's put that first power play unit together. That I think that's been good. But... Other than that, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, I know he's a player's coach, and he's a good dude, and he's motivational, but in terms of the tactics on the ice, um, I, I don't know. I just don't see a, a lot of positives that he's done that's going to make this team really progress forward uh, come next season, Eddie. No, yeah, same here. Like, He's done a fantastic job, and he's a great <laughs> player's coach to, to, to develop our players, but... As far as an NHL coach, this is uh, from Edmonton to this, and and he was in he was in Edmonton too. He had a, a pretty good roster over there, and he still couldn't get it done. I, I just think it, it, it's it's time for him to move on. I would love for him to take some kind of player development role, or if he wants to digress and, and be a the head coach of the goals again, and, and just just have that permanent role. If he loves Southern California that much, but 
I know it's hard for coaches, the head coaches of the, of the NHL, to kind of like just drop back down and be kind of quote unquote demoted. But it just it, it's a big change. I think the whole coaching staff, like everything, needs a change uh, for Anaheim next season. Uh, you have foundation ready set uh, laid down. You have a franchise player. You have a superstar. Oh, and, and Terry, the franchise player being Zegris. Uh, Drysdale, unfortunately, he's hurt, but he's that defenseman of the future. You have some assets there that you can build from. You saw Dostal, how he played. He, he can be more than a capable backup next season, if not a starter. So, you know, we have some hope. It's just we have to just start sanding down the, those edges and making them a little smoother. And like I said, like I have a really high hopes for this team in the in the future. It's just going to take some time. You can't rush anything. Like I said, I mentioned before in numerous podcasts, you can't do what New Jersey did and try to accelerate your rebuild because it didn't work out uh, how it it worked. New Jersey had some some good times this season. They were at one point the number two overall in the league. They've been digressing a little bit, but they still have a solid team, and they built that foundation after they, they failed that rebuild. So we have to just be patient and be good fans and, and know that not really hope for the best because the best is coming. So just be there and be ready to, to cheer our boys on. Yeah, and one of those uh, players you mentioned too, uh, Troy Terry, he was just named an all-star again. So, you know, he's been leading the team with goals. He's actually tied with Henrique. They both have 12 goals, but he's got the most points at 32. Um, so that's one of the guys that, you know, we talked about the Ducks got to build around him. You mentioned Zegris. You mentioned McTavish. Um, Gibson, Dostal. I mean, these are the guys that you got to, you know, surround the team around and, and go forward. I, I did think it was cool what the Ducks did with uh, Troy Terry. They had Troy Aikman uh, on a video and kind of surpri- surprised Terry uh, with all the guys and have that announcement because, you know, his parents named him after Troy Aikman, you know, the first name, obviously. So I thought that was kind of cool, Eddie, a, a good way to kind of introduce it and do it for him. Oh yeah, he, he his mind was probably blown away from that too, and that was really cool. I'm not a big All Star Game fan or whatever. I think the whole league should just do away with it. In my opinion, that, that that's it. But it, it was cool seeing a moment like that. Um, yeah, that was awesome. He was named after that that legendary quarterback. So that's a uh, that's pretty cool to see, and he was pretty happy about it. So he's probably fired up. To have a good all-star game just in front of the, the, the football player that he was named after. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think he said it was his dad would, would cry when he watched the video. So, very, very cool. Good to, good to see him. And I'm with you. All-star game, yeah, whatever. But I'm always happy when the Ducks get, get in there. But, yeah, now, outside of the core, there's other things that the Ducks can do, right? Like, how are they going to try to keep this uh, team going and get better? Um, a couple things that came up recently. One was Jacob uh, Verana. He was sent down on waivers. A lot of people were, you know, talking about him and picking him up. And you know, what what should they do? Should they get this guy? Um, he scored goals. You know, he had 24 in 2018, uh, 25 in 2019, uh, 2020. He had 19 goals, and last season he had 13. This year he's only played in a couple games. He's got one goal. He had to. Um, we don't know the exact reason, but he had to use the NHL Player Assistance Program. So, you know, there was a lot of chatter about him. I, I wasn't really that big on the Ducks trying to get him, to be honest. Um, his contract's $5.25 million until 23-24 season, which not a big deal. The Ducks have space. Eddie and I have talked about that a lot. They have plenty of options to do that. My, my thing is more of this, this player assistance thing. Like, 
Um, we don't really, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I can only assume, I mean, we have an idea, like most players um, that go into this, you know, it ends up being, sadly, some kind of substance type thing. I don't know if that's the case here. I, I, you know, I mean, we've seen other things too, gambling and other stuff. But I, I don't know what that is. But if he's not recovered and, and whatnot, then, you know, I don't know. And the fact that he came back and they sent him on waivers, like, is it just a move to get cap space or is he not uh, you know, really, truly 100% ready to go. So to me, it would be a no because there's just too many variables involved with him, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. And you made a good point, too. It's They they put him on waivers. So, like, what's going on? Is he really healthy? I, I really hope he got the help that he needed. Uh, these players' assistant programs usually mean it's drugs or alcohol. So hopefully he's in a better uh, better place than he was. It's just kind of weird that they did that. They didn't really give him that chance and just like like right away. So it kind of makes me think that there's something else going on. Two, I'm not trying to really speculate, but I guess we have to wait and see. Um, regards, I wish him all the best, and I wish uh, whatever issues he was going through because we all have issues in life. Like no one's perfect, um, I, I, unless you're my dog because she thinks she's perfect sometimes. But yeah, I really hope like whatever issues he's going through, he, he gets through it and he can come back and have a successful hockey career. Yeah, absolutely. What regardless of what team you know he ends up on, hopefully he gets that all worked out for sure. Uh, another thing that came too is there was some chatter about maybe the Ducks trying to keep Shattenkirk, which I, I don't know. I was kind of surprised about that. I saw that thrown out there. Some people talking about it. I don't know. I don't. I mean, we've talked about making trades and stuff. We can kind of talk about that now too. Because we had people ask about, you know, who would we like to see the Ducks get at the trade deadline? That was Tim uh, Coffin talked about that. And Eddie and I have talked about defense before, trying to prove it, if the, if the Ducks are going to make moves. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they would really try to, to resign Shattenkirk. I would think that that would be another player that maybe they try to trade. We've already talked about Klingberg. He's been the big one. Everybody knows about that. Um, so, I don't know. I, I would really see... If they trade Klingberg and what's the return on that, if that's another defenseman, then um, I don't know if the Ducks would try to re-sign Shattenkirk. You know, I don't know. I, it just seems kind of strange to me. I mean, Shattenkirk's been kind of inconsistent uh, with, with the team. He's, he's not played terrible, you know, but he's just been inconsistent here and there. He's he's um, done a little bit better as of late, but I, I just don't know if that's really the direction that they want to go in. I think the, the biggest thing with this team is the blue line. They've got to figure out you know, what they want to do. You mentioned Drysdale. Uh, obviously, him being out hurts as well, uh, and then trying to figure it out with him back in the mix. Are you going to get somebody temporarily? Uh, how many defensemen are you going to trade away? Uh, I, to me, that's the big key to this whole thing is I, I really think the blue line um, you know, they've got to figure out Verbeek and, and obviously Dallas Aikens for now, they've got to figure out, Hey, who are going to be the guys that are going to be the core next season? I don't know if Shattenkirk's one of those guys. Yeah. So what, like, what's the whole plan next season though? Are you planning to just, uh, to not be competitive and just kind of roll with the, the rebuild? Like how long is this whole rebuild going to take? If you do get that first overall pick, it it's not going to change anything. Like I said, it, it's not going to change this whole team to be, an instant playoff team. It's not going to be a Connor McDavid where you just his, this kid's going to score a hundred points in his first season. So like, don't get your hopes up and do that. Which Connor McDavid didn't. He got hurt his first season. But 
just yeah, it's kind of weird to them re-signing him. I guess maybe a, as a bottom six role, under a million and a half, he'd be valuable then. But to try to re-sign him to a big contract, it's gonna set the Ducks fan base off. Like he hasn't really done much, and it might be the whole system. I think he has some trade value. Come trade deadline, he's gonna get some phone calls, and teams can can utilize him because he he could provide some kind of offensive spark on a different system, on a more competitive team, but. I just can't see why the Ducks are going to re-sign him unless he does uh, brings that locker room presence that's helping uh, kind of mold this team together. And I can see that, but it has to be at the right uh, at the right price and not you know don't be signing him to five years at six million dollars, five million dollars, four million dollars. It's just going to be too much, and you're going to piss the fan base off even more. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think um, you, I, I would think you would try to trade him by the trade deadline, and then maybe if you don't. You let him walk, or maybe you re-sign him for less. But um, a couple other players too that we were talking about is uh, Stolarz, Henrik are some names that have come up. We had uh, a guy Boaz Bellini. He asked about trading Gibson. What we thought about that. Um, you know, I, I I'm more on the side of Stolarz. Uh, you and I've talked about. It. I think getting him in there, playing more games, it would be beneficial. Gibson. I'm not opposed to trading him, but I don't know that his value is what it would have been prior to last season. So that that's the issue I have with Gibson's, um, you know, value right now. I, I just don't see it as high as what it would be. I mean, he's still it's not an unreasonable amount. I mean, six point four million till the twenty six twenty seven season. You know, I mean, I think the Ducks could still get a high draft pick and a couple players for him, but I think. If they would have traded Gibson prior to his big slump last year, I think they, the value would have definitely been higher. I think they could have gotten like two high round draft picks and a bunch of other stuff. So I don't think the value is as high there. But to me, I, I think they have to do something. I like to see Dostal up with the Ducks, especially next season. Um, and, and Stolarz being a UFA too, you know, that's a guy. I mean, his, his deal is just under a million. That's a guy you can easily move. Uh, and do that. So that that's kind of where I am on the goalie situation. I, I don't know what how, what you feel about um, Gibson as well as Stolarz, Eddie. I agree with you. If you if, if they're going to trade Gibson, it should have been last season or season before that. Uh, his trade value goes down because the crappy product in front of him and he, like his numbers aren't reflecting that elite goalie that he could be that he is because how bad this Anaheim team is. So teams are going to see that. I mean, maybe at the deadline you can get a team to overpay that that really need that 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 that, that goaltending push that can I, I guess they can feel that he can uh, play his to, to a, his elite level on a better team, but you're not going to get the the big quality that that you can get from him. So I guess I guess just hold on to him. You can't really do anything right now. And, and why would you like if he's goal if he's this goalie uh, goalie of the future and we've seen his potential and what he can do? Once this team gets back on the right track, uh, he can get back to form and be that like that all star that we had. But it's hard for him to to do that when he's played in front of a shitty ass team. Like we just be honest, this team has been dirt crap. I mean, we're we're barely uh, we're barely a few points above uh, Chicago for being second to the. The last in the league, which I'm not complaining about that because I want the first overall pick. But I mean, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, and, that, and that's why, like, when uh, Tim asked us about, you know, <clears throat> what the Ducks should get at the trade deadline. Um, for me, I, you know, the big thing that I talk about is defense. You know, trying to get that defense um, going. 
and, and picking up someone. If, the, if you know, because his question is about approving the team long term, if that's what they want to do. If you're going to keep Gibson and you want to you, you know, keep going, well, they, they got to improve the defense. I mean, the defense has just been a mess. And, um, you know, we talked about Alec Martinez was one guy in Vegas. We didn't know if he'd be available, but he was there. We talked about Montreal before. They've got some guys, uh, Joel Edmondson, David Savard, um, that, that could be options on there. Talked about more defensive type, you know, um, stay-at-home stay defensemen like Ekblad or McAvoy. Uh, Perenko, Pertrangelo. I mean, these are guys that uh, obviously they may not be available. But I'm just throwing out these names here because if that's what we're going to do, if we're going to really you know get this team going towards the end of the season, uh, that's what you got to look at. Uh, even we had Uyghur that was in there before it was a name connected with the Ducks that was mentioned. So if, if, if that's what they want to do long term and get them going, then hey, there you go. Um, if we're just going to hang out, and just kind of do whatever the rest of the season and hope to get Bedard. That's great too, but I mean that's that's not a, a given, right? You know, it's a percentage game. Yeah, we end up last. We have the highest percentage chance to get you know get the first pick, and and the Ducks would likely pick him. But I don't know. For me, if if the Ducks are going in the direction of trading Klingberg, I'd like to see them get a quality defenseman back, and they could. I mean, Klingberg's contract is you know seven million. You know they could pick up another defenseman, e- even if his contract's three or five million. That's not going to kill the team um, to help build. Because I mean, you look at the Ducks' blue line right now. You've got Drysdale, uh, Fowler, Shattenkirk, right? Klingberg, Kulikov, Vakanainen. I mean, those those are kind of the guys you're looking at. I don't I don't know that uh, you, you obviously take out Klingberg. I don't know if you know Kulikov. He's going to be a UFA in a season. Doubt he comes back. I don't know about Shattenkirk. So, I mean, you got Fowler and Vakaninen. I mean, what, what are you going to do next season with your defense? Your defense is going to be Swiss cheese again. And it's not going to matter who's in net. So, for me, uh, I think that they need to try to get at least one person. I mean, you know, because you get Drysdale back, you still need a, a person to, to round out that top four and, and get the team going. And you've got plenty of cap space to do it. Um, you know, they talked about the Ducks being a broker for teams and a three-way trade for teams. I wouldn't rule those out coming up the trade deadline as well. Yeah, it's just going to be really hard, too, because a lot of these teams that are going to be buyers and not sellers, they're not going to want to give up their assets. They're, they're, they're good defensemen. Martinez is like, what well, I think he leads or he's top of, the, top of the league in block shots. You're not going to want to lose a guy like that. Edmonton and Montreal, they're they're going to be sellers too, trying to get uh, as much value as they can for their players to contending teams. So it's going to be hard for the Ducks to make trades. Uh, Gerard too would be a good one. Uh, Colorado's going to be a playoff team. Would Byram still hurt? That's going to be a little X factor for him. If Byram came back and he starts playing the form, and, and he can uh, he can kind of outplay Gerard, then that's something uh, like a possibility that that can, Ducks can do with him. Because uh, Colorado still wants that center. I still think Adam Henrique would be a great fit on their second line uh, for Colorado. But it's just it, it, there's a lot of, of hurdles you have to do. Ducks aren't really going to be buyers at the trade deadline. They're going to be sellers. They're going to try to get the most assets they can. I think if Ducks want to improve, and I think if you want to see that huge improvement, it's going to come at the trade deadline or in the or, I'm sorry at the trade deadline uh, at the draft or the offseason. I just can't see the Ducks making. A significant, huge change to improve their team come the trade deadline. Besides getting draft picks and prospects, yeah, that's another route to go. You brought up Henrique; his name's been thrown around. I mean, that's a guy that 
I'd hate to see him go because he seems to fit in really well, especially in the top six right now. But that's another player that you could put out there if you were trying to do that or you want to get more assets and prospects, you can try to go that route as well. Um, you know, you, you brought the free agency, which is what Corey Todd asked us. You know, if we expect big things in free agency. I, I'm with you. I, I don't know that the Ducks will get anything big this trade deadline. I mean, obviously, last trade deadline was crazy because they moved Raquel and Lindholm and Manson and Deloria and did all this stuff and, and went nuts. I, I mean, I think there's going to be some moves to be made. I don't think it's going to be as crazy for the Ducks. I think that, you know, they may be the middleman on some of these trades or they may take on a contract to get some assets or whatnot and we might see some of that going on but um yeah it, it's going to be interesting for this team I, I think they're going to just be the one that might be the you know the team that helps out because a lot of teams are up against the cap that's a big issue if you look on cap friendly look at the teams they don't have a lot of wiggle room and like eddie makes a good point i throw out these names the defensemen uh, and yeah you're probably looking at them and going oh they're not going to you know send this guy away because of X, Y, and Z. Like, either they got players hurt and these guys are playing or these are their top two or top four. And Eddie's right. I just throw those names out there because that, that was the question. I mean, I feel like the Ducks need to try and do that. I don't know if they'll be able to do that in the trade deadline. It, it might be something like Corey Todd's talking about. It might be the free agency where they're going to have to go out there and try and uh, pull some of these guys. Or, or like Eddie said, maybe at the draft. Ducks stockpile more draft picks at the trade deadline then when the draft comes maybe maybe they make a move there and make a trade and unload some of the draft picks for a certain player that they want um that's another strategy i, I think it's very interesting uh, it's still exciting to watch i mean the ducks are going to do stuff you know we know that there's not going to be bargain bob bin freaking crap you know so we know we know there's going to be things going on but I think you make a good point, Eddie. I could see the Ducks doing more stuff once the season is over than actually at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think the the main thing for the Ducks come trade deadline is getting the most assets they can so they can just keep stockpiling and rebuilding. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to try to get some assets that are going to improve their team to get a few more wins to just climb up in the standings and, and get like a fifth overall, sixth overall. It just makes zero sense. And... The players that, that that mentioned, a lot of these teams that are playoff contenders are are going to want to be buyers and not sellers and, and give out their assets. And, and the the players that are mentioned too of teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, they want to be sellers and they want to get the the best possible return and have teams overpay. So I think the best bet, uh, like Corey talked about about uh, big things in the free agency, I, I can see free agency being uh, really hot for the Ducks. I can see. The draft being hot for the Ducks, and and that's it. But we have to really figure out what the Ducks are trying to do. Um, I think the first thing before the draft and before you make these big changes is find out your coaching staff. You can't build a team around a coach you're going to fire or let go or you're going to rehire someone else. You have to just have that coach and have that kind of unity and, and kind of teamwork mentality on, on how you want to build this team. The GM, he, uh, he makes the big decisions. He, he's the main boss. I guess he's the god of the organization that's going to determine who comes in and who, and who is it. But the coach should have some play in the, and on his style, who's going to fit it the best and, and which players are going to be able to contribute to the future. That's a good point, too. It may, maybe, yeah, they don't do as much as the trade deadline if he's playing the Cape Aiken still the end of the season. That could be a factor, too, something to consider. So the other part is the players coming up. And kind of going to our last segment here, kind of talking about like hockey news and league news and stuff like that. We had the Ducks 
uh, prospects win the World Junior Championship. And some of the upcoming stars had Nathan Gaucher, Tyson Hines, and then Olin Zellwanger earn gold. Um, for those of you who are rooting for Team USA, they came in third. But we've got the, some of these of the guys that are coming up. You know, if Zellweger can come up next year and help out in the defense, um, that would solve some of the problems too. I, you know, I don't know if that's going to be a for sure thing or not, but uh, that'd be great to see. You got him up there. Um, you get Drysdale in there. It'd be great if the Ducks do pick up Bernard and throw him in the, in the forward lineup. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of stuff that could happen. So the Ducks do have a lot of guys coming up in the system that can help out as well. So that's another reason, too, that maybe they don't go crazy at the trade deadline, like Eddie's talking about. Maybe they do stockpile more assets, they get to the summer, they get a new coach, and they start you know, making some big moves and, and picking up some certain people that they want uh, in the summertime. And then if some of these young guys coming up who have been playing phenomenal uh, already, then you put them in the mix and then you just see what happens next season. Definitely. You know what? It still bothers me too that this rule has to change. If you're eligible, to like, or if you're too good to play in juniors, you should be able to play in the AHL. Just like I guess the best thing about COVID, the whole COVID crap was these players that should have went to juniors, which got canceled, had to play in the AHL. Look at the the whole development for Drysdale and players like that. That that significantly improved their game and developed better because they were too good to go to juniors, but they weren't eligible to go, go to the AHL like the hockey league should like really look at this I know they have some some standing uh, with the junior teams and stuff like that but it should be like for the best development of the players that have the best players in the world play in the NHL and I, I think something has to change with that if you really want to develop these players because I really like really think that some of these players could have been really good superstar or even like top you know top six players but they kind of hindered themselves because they had to be sent down the juniors when they're too good, and they brought them back to the AHL when they're eligible. But it's like, okay, they got used to all the the easy tendencies and how easy it was in the junior league, and come the AHL, the professional league, they didn't really perform that well. And then, boom, you just wasted a, a prospect on, on, on nothing. So I really want to see something change in the near future with, with the National Hockey League. If you want to have the best players in the world play for your for your league, change the rules and have them be able to, if to have an exceptional status to play in the AHL, let them do that. It's just going to pay dividends for their, their whole development. Yeah, it drives me nuts too. I, I don't like how they get forced, you know, because of a certain age and the other rules and whatnot that they can't necessarily play in the AHL. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think it, it creates a problem. They should be able to, they got to work that out. Um, with the Canadian juniors to try and figure that out to make it much better, uh, for sure. So, but yeah, I mean the Ducks, you know, they've got some guys in the pipeline, so that's another solution to the problem. Um, we'll see how much, you know, especially next season. A um, couple other things happened around the league uh, to talk about as we wind down the show here. Uh, we had Ovechkin. We talked about he now passed uh, Gordy Howe, Eddie. So he's uh, he's trying to you know get up uh, to Gretzky and, and maybe he can get some more empty net goals. You know, like just get some more to piss off some people. Oh yeah, you know I I heard on other podcasts too. I listened to um, I think Bucci Gross. I, I was listening to. He can't get the number one goal scoring title on an empty net. Like so, I hope that when he gets to that point, which I really think he's gonna pass Gretzky. I think when he, uh, he becomes the greatest goal scorer ever in National Hockey, it can't not be an empty net goal. I know Gretzky has the most empty net goals and points in the league, but you just you're gonna break that record. It has to be special. You have to beat a goalie. You can't 
get an, on an empty net. I, I know he got an, an, to pass Gordy Howe. He got an empty net goal. So uh, his next feat, he just he had to beat the goalie. I, I don't care if he had to just suck it up and and not do it. Like what's that movie with Bernie Mac, Mister Three Thousand? <laughs> like he does that. You have to sacrifice that empty net goal. You have to beat a goalie. And Ovechkin's not slowing down. He's I think number three or four in the, in the league with twenty eight goals. Uh, last time I checked, so he he's still fired up. He has a few more years in the league. I think he's going to retire once he gets that record and he'll spend his last year at the KHL, which he says he wants to do uh, to play his final season. So uh, I, I'm really rooting for him, but I really hope um, it, it's not an empty net goal. And the whole thing is I wonder who's going to score, which goalie or which team is going to score that breaking goal with. I, I kind of hope it's the Ducks at the Ducks home game so I can be there and watch it. I think it'll be. I think everyone's gonna be there trying to watch that record too. Oh yeah, and, I, and I'm with you. No empty net goal, please. I, I don't want any of that nonsense. You know, <laughs> like I want him to score like a le, le, legit goal. You know, for sure. Um, what else? Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of the Capitals yeah. too, uh, Mike uh, Devontae Smith Pally, who won the Stanley Cup with the Capitals, he announced his retirement at the age of 30. He was a one-time Ducks player, property um, Devo. Uh, he wants to just pursue other things, so uh, I wish him the best of luck and, and good luck on uh, your future and whatever you're doing. Yeah, that's right. Devo did retire. I saw that. Yeah, I, I remember some of those great goals he had in some of those playoff games. Um, yeah, I wish him the best as well, Eddie. Um, what else is going on in the league? I know there's a couple other things you want to talk about. Well, yeah, well, speaking of outdoor games, the Edmonton Oilers will host the Calgary Flames in the 2023 Heritage Classic, so that's another outdoor game. That's something else I, I do want to take part of to go over there in Canada and watch an outdoor game. I think that would be kind of fun to do. Uh, speaking of Canada too, Mike, uh, Team Canada won the the gold and everything that we talked about. Uh, Connor Bedard set the new record for the most points with his 20th uh, point. Uh, he broke the record on his 20th point. He has more points, uh, obviously, now. But, yeah, he's a special player. And then when they asked him about himself um, or asked him about like, what he wants and everything, uh, his whole quote was, like, he doesn't really care about himself. He said, uh, quote, I don't want to talk about myself right now. We're talking. We're not talking about me. We just won the biggest tournament in the world. And, man, I love this team, this country. What an answer. What a class act uh, kid. He's just – his maturity level and just – him being so humble and unselfish and only caring about a team first mentality, that's the kind of player that any team's gonna want on their team. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it when he when he gave that quote. You know, fantastic man, unselfish. You know, team player could easily have been like, oh yeah, you know, I did X, Y, and Z and blah blah blah. And he's like, nope, I don't really want to talk about it. You know, we as a team won this award, so fantastic, Eddie. Oh, yeah, well, he's not an NBA player. It's all you hear. <laughs> NBA is I, I, I. Piece of shit. It's like, I'm sorry. If you guys follow the NBA, it's, it's just, I watch basketball a lot with, with my roommate, my best friend. He's a big basketball fan. And all their interviews is I, I, I. Just, it's so pathetic. Those guys are losers. LeBron James, oh, my God. I think he's a definition of bitch if you look in the dictionary. I'm sorry if you guys follow LeBron James. But that guy's a freaking, he's a joke. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, of other things, of Canada, the Toronto Maple Leafs got fined $100,000 for violating a CBA agreement by traveling a day early on December 26th to St. Louis. I guess they were trying to beat the storm or something. Um, but yeah, they got that fine, $100,000. They also got a head coach, Sheldon Keefe, got fined an additional 25000 for uh, 
I guess deeming conduct towards officials during a game on the 27th against St. Louis. So it's a pretty expensive trip for them. $125,000 for them. That's that's pretty good money. I can We could buy a lot of uh, $18 beers at Honda Center <laughs> with that amount of money. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, the weather thing's been crazy, though. I mean, I, I kind of don't blame them. I mean, even like when we were planning our trip to the Winter Classic for Boston, you know, they got hit with a big storm that week before. We were like, man, are we even going to be able to go? You know, so I mean, we were lucky. It just it, it just rained uh, a little bit when we were there, and it wasn't crazy. But with all these airlines and trying to fly around all this, so for, like I don't know. I, I I think the league could have like, come on, this is a big weather thing. They had to try to fly it this time, so they didn't get stuck. Like I don't know. I, I would have tried to give them a break, Eddie. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I guess the last of league news too. Uh, like Vancouver is struggling. They have uh, they're going to trade their captain. They're going to trade. Besser, the whole shit show in Vancouver. A new story that reporting, a few stories of uh, JT Miller. I guess he uh, had some issues going on with his, his goalie, Spencer Martin. He brought the puck back in their zone. Hey, he told him to get the fuck off the ice, pounding on his stick, like hitting him, like that get off. During the interview, he was like, whatever, emotions were in high. I wasn't apologetic about it. Another report came out that. A few of his teammates, quote-unquote, say he's a prick in a locker room. And then another report that came out saying that he just... only reason why he signed in Vancouver because he couldn't get the money anywhere else. And he was hoping teams would trade for him and he'd get out of there, but they just didn't. Uh, it seems like this guy is an issue. I, I, yeah, you hear one story, okay, you know, whatever, the media. Two stories, but now this is the fourth different story you're hearing. And there's video of his interviews, a video of his, his conduct toward his teammates. It seems like he's a real cancer in the locker room. It's just like something uh, like the teams are going to shy away from. So if you want your trade value to go up and you want to get out of Vancouver and be on a different team, it's not the kind of behavior you want. You're just not a, being a good teammate. So I guess that's uh, that's his own issue. Yeah, like uh, I'm just glad it's not the Ducks, man. <laughs> like I don't, we, we, you know, yeah, we got all the stuff we talk about. You know, we we banter about the the coaching situation and the lineups and the goalie stuff and trying to figure stuff out. But at least we don't, we don't have those kind of issues. But I did want to end the show with with a, a good question. <clears throat> we had uh, I don't I don't know how to pronounce it's Instagram G A U T H A M A P forty six. Had a good question. What is your favorite uh, memory uh, about the Anaheim Ducks? <clears throat> Mine uh, would be uh, my first game in '95. That's how that's how I became a Ducks fan. Um, my dad actually uh, back in the day he went to uh, uh, Ticketmaster for those young listeners. A Ticketmaster actually had like stationary things where you can go and buy tickets, uh, hard tickets. Uh, he actually went to go buy me Kings tickets because that's the only team he knew about, and the Kings were not playing that day or they were on the road. But the Ducks had a home game that, that day, and I just started playing hockey too when I was younger, and my dad went to take me to my, my first professional game, and the guy at Ticketmaster was like, well, the Ducks play over here, blah, blah, blah. So my dad bought tickets to the game, went to the game, and I just fell in love with hockey. That first game I, I went to, just the atmosphere, the fans, the Ducks, so just... I mean, there's there's a lot of other memories, and we'll 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 probably talk about it on different shows and more shows. But we'll, we'll probably end segments like this. I think a good a good way to end the show to talk about our favorite memories from Anaheim. But that's my all time favorite memory is my very first game with my dad because that's uh, he's the reason why I became a Ducks fan. He forced me to play. I hated it, and then now I, I love the game. 
I love watching hockey. I love talking about hockey. I love playing hockey. And I, I, I don't know where my life would have been without this sport and the friends and the people I've made, the experiences. But I, I just, I'm so grateful to be part of this game and every experience and every one of my great memories have came from hockey. And it's, it, it's all because of that first game in 95 when I fell in love with the sport. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I, I think I've told this one before. My mom, you know, God rest her soul, she <clears throat> bought tickets to the, the very, very first game, you know, when the Ducks uh, lost to Detroit. But, uh, you know, that was my first, like, time going and uh, just falling in love with it. And then, you know, we had, like, a mini plan and then got season tickets and uh, kind of just started from there. Um, you know, I don't know. Just I just remember going with my parents and just really being excited. And then it was like a family thing. We would go to the games. Um, you know, we'd listen to the post-game show on the way home and, uh, it was just a lot of fun wearing our Mighty Duck stuff, and that was just kind of our thing for a long time. And then, uh, <clears throat> of course, when I was there when they they won the Stanley Cup uh, in person, I went to all those playoff games. So I mean that entire that entire run um, was great. Of course, the last game being there and seeing it when they 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 won um, is obviously up there, um, if not the moment, but. Like you, that that my mom buying those tickets um, is the, what started this whole thing, and and really, if you go back and think about it, I mean, it wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have been friends, uh, wouldn't have done you know any of this stuff, um, wouldn't have been you know a big hockey fan like I talked about back then. I I watched hockey and I liked Lemieux and Yager and watched the Penguins, but of course they weren't here. You know, we had the Kings, and I I didn't like the Kings, so. There wasn't a big like hockey influence in the 80s uh, in the Orange County area. There really wasn't. It wasn't until 93 when the Ducks came around that there was anything. So that really got me going even more um, into it and really led to, like like you talked about, Eddie, a lot of great friendships, a lot of great memories. I've met a lot of great uh, people. Um, you know, the majority of everything has been overly, uh, you know, positive and fun stuff and, uh I just love it. I love meeting people and talking about hockey. Um, even, you know, when I was in Boston, I mean, I was talking to Pittsburgh fans and I was talking to Boston Bruin fans and just talking about hockey, you know, and it's and it's cool when you can meet people from, you, you just never know where, you know. I, t- I even told that story about uh, Universal Studios and, and going on that tour with that group and there were people from Europe that were hockey fans. Um, it's fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, obviously winning the Cup's always going to be up there. But the thing that started this all was my mom buying those tickets to the first game and getting that, I want to say it was like a 10-game mini plan for the first season, uh, which which started it all, man. Um, and just God rest her soul, you know, that that uh, uh, just got it all going. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and you made a good point, too. Just like I met you from this sport and you met me from this sport. I met... So many other people, I, 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 I don't even have time to name how many people and experiences, uh, people I, I even forgot about, people I met in Colorado, just people I meet at random bars that are watching the games or have some kind of hockey thing on them, I just go and gravitate toward and talk to them. I, I, I always mention it, like it, it's kind of comparable to me, to the military, like when I see, I, I know someone's in the military, we just kind of just have that instant gratification of, you know, you're my brother you're my sister like no matter what I, I don't know you i just met you but we still served and i feel the same way with hockey it's just like okay you're a hockey fan i'm a hockey fan too there's so few of us and we always have the same things in common uh, I, I mentioned a story 
months ago, I met some some dude at the bar, just chilling. I'm about to go with myself, have a couple drinks, just kind of wind down. And some guys just sitting there talking about me. He saw my Ducks thing. And, oh, you're a hockey fan. And coincidentally, he was an Avalanche fan, and he knew a lot about hockey. And and long and behold, he lives actually across the street from me. I didn't even know that. So it's just some of those things. Hockey is a really small community. It's just always a good group of people. Uh, when you meet, so I just I, I'm really grateful for that, Mike. I'm grateful for meeting you. Like you're like my brother, and you're my you're my best friend, and my brother, and I, I love you, man. And just, I, I I couldn't I I can't not think of not knowing you, but I'm just glad this sport kind of brought us together, and the, and the Ducks did. So yeah, Eddie, I feel the same way. You know, I, I feel like you being my brother too. You know, I, I have a half brother, but we're older in age, so I don't see him as as much. So uh, same thing. You know, I feel like you're my brother and have a connection with the sport. So. Um, appreciate it as well so with that i'll uh, end up wrapping up the show um, just remember to check out uh, old city sports network uh, check out the comments um, we have all our um, different sponsors in there especially um, our fanatics one which is really good it's also our pinned tweet on twitter you can go check that out as well and uh, we'll be back probably in another week or so and let's go ducks